Hey everybody, this is Shelly with Reeds and Weeds, uh, here for a very special holiday edition of the show, and I'm with Paul Gordon. Say hi, Paul. Holly, yay. <laughs> we just smoked some velvet pie, and it is so, so nice. Technically, uh, I'm still smoking some velvet pie. Paul smoking velvet pie right now. We also have been smoking wedding pie, and if you can get a hold, if you're in Michigan, and you can get a hold of wedding pie or velvet pie. It's real nice. It's real nice. Well, yep. Actually, technically, yeah. uh, the velvet pie is what we had before dinner. Oh, what's this? Uh, oh, remember the tiny little bag that was in a bag? Right. That we that don't one. know what it is. Right. The that, extra it's, thing. It's that. Good. It's the extra thing. Good. I love that stuff. Okay. <laughs> It's post Thanksgiving. Uh, it is. That's weird. I don't know what day it is. I think it's Tuesday. Tuesday. There was a new yep. dollop today. I that's think how it I know. Was Tuesday. That's how I know. Uh, it gets dark at three fifteen sharp. Three fourteen thirty-seven <laughs> today. Yeah. It snowed a lot in the last few days. Um, I've been hanging Jesus. out with a lot of growers, and there's a lot of good weed in Michigan right now. Um, and also, if you're a grower out there listening and you had some bud rot or powdery mildew this summer, man, it got into everybody. I, you are not alone. You are sadly. not alone. But some people escaped it, and God bless you. Thank God. Okay. We like What's, to call those people saints. <laughs> and suckers. Because like, everybody <laughs> tried everything. So everybody tried everything. Um, so the thing I'm very excited, the reason why we're doing this little episode out of the blue is because I was in Fresh Time grocery store and they had a Mad Magazine holiday compilation. And man, I love me some Mad Magazine. And I bought it on a whim and brought it home. And Paul was so excited about it, too. I grew up a Mad Magazine denizen devotee. Uh, aficionado. Can you please define the word denizen and spell it? Uh, denizen. D E I. No, god damn it. D E N I Z E N. D E N I Z E N. Denizen. A a someone who is mad, quote unquote, into something. Okay. But also can bring the facts. Oh. Okay. But they're and they're pro. Are you sure that's what it means? <laughs> All of those things combined reach okay. a definition of denizen that would pass any editor's mustard. Okay, I'm certain of it. sure, sure, pass me that mustard, baby. I'm mustard. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just being silly. I like mustard. Let though. me let me just give you a little background on Mad Magazine. Okay, please do. It was started in uh, August of 1952, or I don't know if it was exactly August, but it was 1952. And um, it started off on Lafayette Street, but then it moved to Madison Avenue. Oh, what? William Gaines. Listen, William Gaines, the founder, Mm -hmm. was publishing horror comic books like Tales from the Crypt. And um, in the early 50s, the Senate held a hearing on the ill effects of horror comics on youth. And he was so like disgusted that he was motivated to start Mad Magazine because he wanted to sort of lampoon American institutions and American like thought strongholds. Mr. Gaines, 
Mr. Gaines, as a senator from Alabama, <laughs> I have questions about your horror publications. Something like that? Is that how it went down? That's exactly what happened. That's a quote from the show. So in 1955, to avoid censorship, he published as a magazine. He published Mad Magazine, not as like a comic book, but as a magazine, and never took any advertisers. I didn't never realize this growing up because I just didn't think about it, right? He took no advertisers, supporting the costs only through newsstand sales and subscriptions. He never took advertisers. Wait, wait, never what? ever. I think that's true. I just... I have distinct memories of no, I don't. I no, mean, I I'm, just, I'm convoluting no, a thing fake, for it's sure. It's fake advertisements, which we're no, going to no, talk and, about. But here's the thing: in the '70s, all magazines had real cheesy bad yeah. advertising at the back of them, and I apologize, Mad Magazine, because I clearly convoluted you for the rest of the trash out there. The willing comic to book. take yeah. advertising money from uh, sea monkeys. Sea monkeys, exactly the first for sure, thing. For sure. Or decoder rings of any kind. Whatever. I loved it. I wanted all of it. I did too. I wanted all of it. So I was trying to figure out earlier today, like, where did I get my man magazine? I was trying to picture, was it at a little, like, I'm in a small town. Was it delivered to me? Was did I? Was it at my babysitter's house and I just saw it there and read hers? I can't remember. But the odds of I running into being, an ambient Mad Magazine anywhere yeah. between 1960 and 1980 were very, very high. Very high. Right. 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 You're right. You're right. They were everywhere. They were everywhere. But everywhere. I loved them. They were like mine. They were in my room at the house. Absolutely. You know? I felt a kinship to Mad Magazine that I yeah. really had felt towards not much else in my young, precocious life at that time. Right. This and was I realize my... now it's because it was satire, just pure yeah. satire. Yeah. That it was and my first... that's what I understood. Yes, for sure, for sure. And I think like it was before... You know, it was my first onion type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It was the like, onion before the onion. It was yeah, the yeah. onion before I understood the onion. And there it were was so like many before layers Saturday to it. Night Live, you know. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. loved it as a kid, not even understanding all the political lampooning nuances and sort of calls out on social behavior. And so this magazine that I picked up is selections from, I think the earliest one is 1974. I think the last one was probably 2018. There's a 70. There's a 70. It might even, there's a 64 even, I think. I just looked at the table of contacts briefly here a minute ago. Uh, I'm certain I read the 1979 one that's in there in 1979 as a subscriber to the magazine. Of course, of course. So what it's called, and we'll post this picture when we post the episode, is called The Mad Stocking Stuffer, Um, a reissue of a special edition, and it will be on display until February 11th, 2022. So you have time. Ho, ho, hum. 96 pages of holiday mirth is what we're talking about today. And what I was curious about. Oh, first let me talk about Alfred E. Newman. So everybody can picture oh. this face on the mm-hmm. front like this gangly, redheaded, toothy, little white boy who's just like, what? Me In worry. Yeah. isn't it? David Lee, David Lee Letterman. No, <laughs> it, David it Letterman is David is Letterman. No, no, no. Well, what Did I just I read. Just literally say David Lee Letterman. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's who it is. It was when David Lee Roth uh, and David Letterman formed a band, and <laughs> it was so good. That's why everybody's heard about it. Their acoustic folk duo that went through coffee houses so exclusively. Yeah, they were so good, and they did a little thing with Steve Martin. 
Oh, and when he would sit in, though, those sets the were the best. They really yeah, were. I hate so to be good. Steve Martin-centric, but... A lot of people don't know about that because we just made it up. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I just enjoyed like seven shows in my mind. In my mind. Yeah, they were good. Hey, Three if of you which guys Steve are listening, Martin sat in on. If you guys are listening, you should do that. You should do that. <laughs> no, but here's what you should here's what you should know about Alfred E. Newman, was that character was already very popular in culture. It was part of the iconic iconography of American culture as early as the late 1900s. He Wait. was the face of, he appeared on late 19th century dentist ads. Oh, so late 1800s. Late 19th century. So that's the late 1800s. Late 1800s. You, all right, okay. Yes, I mixed those two up, didn't I? Um, but he was already on like little advertisements and things. That face, he was part of a presidential campaign. What? And yeah, and Harvey Kurtzman claimed it in 1954 and named him Alfred E. Newman. Sort of claimed him as the mascot. Holy shit. Right? Look at me teaching you shit. no idea Look about it. something I thought I knew a lot of stuff about. Right? Holy moly. Right, right. So, um... What I was curious about Wait, when I got presidential it, campaign, I'm so intrigued. Oh, I think it was uh, Roosevelt. Would that make sense? Teddy. When was Roosevelt? Yeah, or t- well, <laughs> there were two. Okay. Teddy was in the thirties. Like thirties. That would be FDR. FDR. So he's Franklin like, Delano Roosevelt. But the the ad was kind of like, sure, I'll vote for Roosevelt. It was like every time they've used this face, they've used this sort of like, sure, I'll take my vitamins. <laughs> like, sure. So he's like, was what me worry a part of that or that? Yeah. Was part of the dentist Mad ad, but was part of the dental ad. Oh my God. Yeah. Look up the origins I... of... Your Never mind thought is blown. I even had to. No, you thought it was invented. And now I definitely do. Yeah. First mind blown moment See? of the holiday mad it, magazine ho ho hum special <laughs> reads and weeds. We're edition. blazing right into this holiday season. Jesus. Snow's on the ground. I've got a cold creeping up right now, probably because of all the crazy shit we've been eating every day. I'm incredibly <laughs> tired. Uh, I have not slept right in weeks because of an injury You're doing great babe and if i You're go delirious so during this episode don't blame the weed it's the okay sleep. okay uh i love i love this stuff that we're smoking so i wanted to see if this held up like would i still think this is funny would it seem politically incorrect would i think just like oh yeah whatever it's hacked but no i still love it uh, it's, it's <laughs> i great. still love it the the inside cover just just the mad stocking stuff for like Alfred E. Newman coming out of a stocking and it says by the usual gang of idiots <laughs> and that I remember that really relating to that really relating to that um, they start off strong by just totally lampooning the everybody I think if you grew up if you were a seventies kids or an eighties kids or probably a nineties kids you watched. A Christmas Story, which was about little Ralphie and his brother, and I'm gonna, you're gonna shoot your eye out, kid. Absolutely. And everybody watched it, right? Oh yeah, and, and they, they referenced it being on TBS on a loop in the first couple of stanzas, yes. like all around the holidays. You can't escape. You this can't movie. escape it, and they kind of talk about how weird it is that it got to be famous like why was it so good so many horrifying subtext when you really break it yeah down. yeah what i appreciate is they do they really play up the um 
dad getting the leg and getting excited about the leg. Yeah. Um, the him putting the soap in his mouth. They say uh, he had a soap eating addiction. And he did it so that they would give him soap well, to They eat. put the soap in his mouth because he said the worst of all possible words, if you'll remember in a moment. Yeah, but in the spoof. In, in the spoof. In the spoof, they make it about him having a, uh, a soap. A soap, addiction. yeah. He's, he wants to get on the soap. Like, because he wants to ride that Palmolive pony, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, wait, why would you lampoon that? And then as I started reading, I'm like, oh, yeah, it is weird. Super weird. It's weird. Why Why are these kids going the same route every day if they get beat up? You know? Why would, but it's the story it's is the about... It's the way to school. Small town idiots. Yeah, so small town great. America, really. Small town America. Like, for sure. Okay. So I have made some notes. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on from yeah. uh, the... Christmas story. Okay. Or a Christmas story, rather. Uh, I learned by reading Mad Magazine's Holiday Ho Ho Hum edition that the pink bunny suit, and trigger warning, this is a little dark, uh, is the most viewed clip on the internet when he comes down in a little pink bunny suit. Yeah. And his dad yells, Take it off out of like severe homophobia. Yeah, or just that is he the sees most that he's miserable. It's the most viewed clip by known pedophiles on earth. Yeah, but do you think that stat is real or made up? I just think that occasionally. Okay, here's what it says. I'm going to show you what it, it says. Read it, read it, read it, because then okay. I'll give you my opinion. In the, one of the first stories in this edition is a spoof of the. Of the Christmas story, right? So Christmas finally came. Wearing this bunny suit from Aunt Sarah was the most humiliating moment of my life. You've got to picture this iconic scene where he's made to put on this outfit. Oh, put it on. Go upstairs. You always look so cute. She makes you these things. And the dad knows he's going to hate it. So he goes upstairs and he comes down and he's miserable. His brother's laughing at him. And the dad's like, take it off. He hates it. Mom's going, oh, my God, he's so cute. But the dad's saying, take it off, right? And he's standing there in the bunny suit. So what it says here in this caption is, okay, picture the, there's always that voiceover going during a Christmas story. He says, Christmas finally came. Wearing this bunny suit from Aunt Sarah was the most humiliating moment of my life. I later learned that this scene has been paused more times by pedophile furries than any in movie history. It's their fatal attraction, which made it doubly disturbing when the old man shouted, and then the conversation bubble says, Take, Take it, it off! off. Yeah. So whether or not... Did you look it up? Whether, I think no, they I made didn't. it up. So whether or not it's real, like Mad Magazine has always done that. The, the thing about it is they sprinkled in other little facts that, are, that actually are true. Right, right. In joke form throughout that particular breakdown of A Christmas Story. Uh, so they set you up yeah. to believe that that is also true, whether it is or not. And right, that has right. been one of the most brilliant things about Mag- Magazine throughout the years is that uh, it's all satire, it's all crazy, but there's enough nuggets of truth in it that sell the satire and then leave you wondering. It's always been much deeper than yes. the surface 
caricature work sure. by the legendary Mort Drucker. Right. Well, what I realized looking through this was <clears throat> this was the first window for me of a look at Christmas that wasn't this like cheery and or sacred thing, right? I everybody You're talking about a Christmas story. It's no, I'm no, talking the, about oh, Christmas in general, right? Christmas like in general. Growing up, there was this like Christmas. My impression of Christmas was from the movies, was from going to my grandmother's house, mm. was pretty commercial, but also we went to church and made it about Jesus. And <laughs> yeah. somebody usually read the night before Christmas and somebody usually read the Christmas story in the Bible. And But there was also huge commercialization. and But always, for me... It felt stressful and awkward. And as I got older, I was like, oh, so many people try so hard to make Christmas this thing. And it's just pretty stressful and emotional for some reason. If you're not doing it right, like there's pressure for it to be a way and for people to act a certain way. And Mad Magazine was the first window into making fun of it. Just being like, this is fucking ridiculous. I see. You know? Okay, yeah. Just, and I, right. what I'm saying they're, is... They did holiday stuff all the time. Like every year there would they be... They made fun of it. Yeah, And I remember thinking like, oh, I need more of this because it is kind of stupid when you have to buy someone a present that you don't know. And it is kind of stupid that like someone that does know you really well and your family hand you a pair of socks absolutely and, and you're and you're dressed up in your matching pajamas and you're like what why are we doing this <laughs> this is weird <laughs> uh, I, we're gonna buy an outfit for you to wear on this day in front of grandma and grandpa we're gonna line up all these kids see again after today in fact i'll probably return it don't take the tags off it tuck it down your collar like, we're gonna go into debt and we're gonna line up these kids and they're gonna sit on this uh, man's lap all these yeah. kids are going to sit on this one man's lap that we don't know. Sit on a man's at lap and tell him your deepest at desires. The mall. Tell this old man what you want, kid. Yeah, he's here for whatever you want. As long as you right. sit on that lap. Or we're going to put a living manger scene outside in the snow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Too. Right. <laughs> I, I'm certain of this as well now that I'm, I'm reflecting. I'm, there's a lot of things Mad Magazine yeah. exposed to me first, but the term consumerism. For sure. Really? Absolutely. Okay, let me point out some specifics. So one of the things that Mad Magazine does well, because this is done in, you know, because like we were saying, it tells you in the table of contents if it's from 1974 or 1991 or whatever. And there's a lot of like Santa Claus, a bunch of Santa Clauses in line at the unemployment office on December 26th. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, buddy. Hey, Charles. Yeah. You know, like, we're, and then there's also a bunch of like, a little kid coming, you know, coming down the stairs and Santa Claus like shushing him and getting him back up the stairs and the kid excitingly going to bed. And then the next day they've been robbed and the, the yeah. police are showing yeah. a picture oh my God. and the kid I, is crying. Remember that I one? Absolutely, no, I, I remember it from my childhood. I'm not even kidding. I, yes. I, I remember seeing that one Yes, yes. as a kid and laughing my ass off yes. at the darkness of it. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like exchanging gifts that you don't like and seeing people that you got something from and you gave something to in yeah, line. In the at line the exchange. to exchange the gifts. Yeah, yeah the yeah. awkwardness of that. Oh, I like there's one of those that was like two randos 
like getting in line together yeah, at the tail a, end. She, she get a fishing pole, and he got and he got like a vase or something. Right, they, and they look just at swap each other. gifts and walk away. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, hey, I don't want to wait in this fucking line. I'll take that. Oh my you gosh, want this? that would be a fun thing. I think it would be a fun thing to do because I, I, the kind of little Christmas things I like to go to, if any, are those real dumb white elephant parties where you're trying to get rid of just the dumbest gift, you know, and you keep having to swap <laughs> Or you've it bought out. something incredibly inappropriate. You can't wait to see yes. whose hands it ends sure, up Sure, sure. And then everybody tries to pawn that thing off on everybody. Right, and, yeah, yeah. But other than that, I um, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. And, uh, and there was a time when I did, and then there was a long time that I pretended that I liked it. And then... I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just stopped. But I am a part of a wonderful holiday show that happens every year. And really, once that happens, I feel like my holiday's kind of over. Like, I do the holiday show. And yeah. that really, for me, the celebration is all about just the, the doing the show and being with a bunch of people. It really, yeah, it's, showtime. it's just great, you know. It's a gig. <clears throat> it's with a gig. a bunch of the people that you love. It's great. And it's, uh, and sadly, it has drawn me back into the holidays. I'm Michael fucking Corleone <laughs> over here. Because now okay. i got to be interested in the holiday again, no, for at least for a week. No, you just have to be interested in music. In the show, just right? In, the show itself. It, but it's like a bunch of my friends, too. Yeah. And whatever. It doesn't like, have anything to do. The only, uh, the they only, suck me back in. Uh, well, here's what I love is... We've already said that he different he didn't take advertisers, but what he does really really well is fake advertisements. Mm-hmm. And the worst selling ho- holiday catalog items is in here, and one of them is the Visible Frosty, <laughs> and it's a it's a snowman. Then you can see all the organs inside of the snowman. <laughs> To, to, to mystify the magic of the singing, dancing snowman by letting children painstakingly assemble Frosty's internal organs, bone structure, and circulatory system. No educational value. Yeah. <laughs> then they've got uh, a, from the Finger Hut <laughs> family so of companies, they've got reindeer orgy gift labels. Yeah. So those p- packets of stickers that you put on packages that say to and from. But it's just like a one reindeer boning another. Yeah, like various p- reindeer positions with, and they're they're uh, where you put your name. I guess it's like the redacted black bar. Yeah, yeah. Over the uh, the important bits. It's fantastic. So grandma doesn't have a complete heart attack. It's fantastic. Uh, there's video dinner argument. Take a break from the video Yule log and watch several <laughs> real life angry holiday dinner fights. <laughs> And take comfort in the fact that your family isn't the only dysfunctional one. So they're like 75-minute arguments of people over turkey yeah. that you can, like, rent. So, and put um, in your VCR. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They even... So let's talk about this. I think this is pretty funny. Um, I can't remember when this one was written, but what they do is... They, they, they've always done this thing called the lighter side of... Yes, the lighter side of is there. There were whole books. Lighter side of the election. The lighter side of winter. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that was the other thing about Mad Magazine is they spun off their little their their like SNL. They spuns off characters. They spun yes. off these topics. Yes. SNL, uh, the brilliant artists uh, Al Jaffe and Sergio Aragones with the spy versus spy stuff. They oh, spun spy those in, spy. They spun those into books, like collectives, right? Yes, so yes. the lighter side of, I must have had five different books 
right. of the lighter side of whatever the fuck. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I did too. this this took me, and I'd forgotten because I'm yes. old and I've had a life. Uh, but when you when I opened to this page and it said the lighter side of the war in Christmas, I was like, yes, I'm home again. Yeah, yeah. So they are making fun of sort of political correctness around Christmas. So this is the lighter side of the war on Christmas because if you, it doesn't matter what you think of Christmas. One thing that is true and what they do, I think what Mad Magazine does, what makes it so funny is they just hit the truth and and don't shy away from it. But everybody can agree, I think, that the, the, quote, war on Christmas is like, some people are really into Christmas, some aren't. Sure. (laughs) Like, that should be okay, I think. Like... And Are you saying the people, war on Christmas is uh, a martyr, uh, fantasy, fetish, facade? Made I, don't people, made I don't know. I don't know. By people who there's no war on Christmas. Against? And plus, if you aren't into Christmas, you don't have to be a super bummer for people who like it's. Oh no, that's It's true a too, party. Though, it's sure. a party. So this is kind of funny. So Mall Santa, it says M A U L <laughs> Mall Santa. So it's got like this couple, like okay, sweetie, it's almost time to meet Santa. Yay, Santa! Little boy, you know, looks like five. Okay, next in line, the elf is getting him up. Do you remember what to say to Santa? Yes, Mama. And then they walk up, and the mom's holding a sign that says, Fur is murder. (laughs) And the little boy's wearing a T-shirt that says, Save polar bears. (laughs) And they're harassing Santa. You think the polar bear enjoyed Christmas after you took his fur for your suit, huh, Santa? I want justice for Christmas. (laughs) And Legos. And Legos. That's the good bit right there. Yeah. And then they show, you know, it seems so obvious now, but um, I feel like... Mom wants justice. I want <laughs> Legos. Can we get both? I have to tell you that I remember a time in my life when people did not think Black Friday shopping was ridiculous. Like, I think now people have... In the last five or six years, I think most people would say, you really shouldn't get trampled to buy a baby doll or a whatever a xbox like Would i think most, most people, people say that yeah because like target is completely closed now nobody oh, yeah, okay, does okay, that okay, fair enough. you're right Do you know a lot of people have pulled back a lot of people have pulled back well, and rightfully so but yes sure so society has gone ahead and checked itself <laughs> just and i mean just before, Before it, it wrecked, wrecked itself. itself. Yes. What? What? <laughs> so. I caught right onto that one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, it's the reason for the season, but it's S E I Z I N, the reason for the season. season. Good. And it's like a couple ladies in the aisle, like, I love the feeling this time of year. It's so festive. I know, right? Everybody's so nice to each other. Why can't we all be friendly this time of year? Oh, there's that new Bumpkins doll. I've been looking everywhere. And then immediately they start fighting, and everybody's in the floor in a big pile going at it. It just it's occurs fine, to me now we fine. should have played those characters. But, you know, yes. Oh, it's okay. It's, it's okay. You get the gist. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm skipping past a few things here because I have plenty of things marked. So if you see anything that you wanted to talk to me about. Oh, at, um, at some point, uh, I decided you had a bunch of stuff marked. Right. I love Mad Magazine enough. Yeah. I have read enough of them 
from yes. between 1973 and now to get the gist. Okay. Uh, and I, as you know, am a holiday hater. That's true. So for anything to get lampooned during its essence, yeah. like for me, the holidays is right at the top of the sure, list. Sure, sure. It's yeah. time. It's so just, ripe. It's like ripe at some for point, the pickings. I just wanted you to hit me with some raw shit so okay. that I could like react to it and okay. laugh. Okay, I think you're going to like this one. Right. I think you're going to like this one. So this one came out on uh, 1979. Ooh, this is the issue that I allegedly remember reading. Okay. It said, if someone today received those gifts on the 12 days of Christmas, right? Oh. At the left is the final chorus of the 12 days of Christmas, which was some ancient songwriter's idea of how to impress his sweetie over the holidays. <laughs> but times have changed, and we've been wondering what would happen if some gal got these gifts today. Mad takes a look at what the reaction would be. And so what it is, is it's like the first day, second day, like her getting wound by the 12 drummers drumming, 11 lords, <laughs> pipers piping, 10 lords leaping. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna take the time to do this because okay. it's so brilliant. Okay, and I do so on the first day, <laughs> you've triggered a vague memory of this. Okay, absolutely. on the first day, dearest Marvin, this is December 25th, 1978. Yes. Thank you ever so much for the fabulous present. It's really the most fun gift I've ever been given. The partridge is so cute, and he just adores his pear tree. Of course, they do sort of dominate my one room apartment, but <laughs> I'll make do. Even if it does mean putting one of my armchairs in storage. But I love your gift. I really do. All my love, Carol. <laughs> December 26th. <laughs> Dear Marvin, another present. What a surprise. Now, Marvin, honey, don't think I'm not appreciative, but really, sweetie, two turtle doves flying around an apartment can really make a mess. <laughs> Remember my red carpet? It's now two-toned. And I know your heart's in the right place, but don't you think a partridge would have been enough for one Christmas love carol? 27th. <laughs> December 27th. Marvin, if your latest gift is your way of telling me you're for the birds, then you've succeeded. <laughs> Did you know that French hens can't be domesticated and that their deadliest enemies are turtle doves and partridges? Did you also know I've got a cleaning bill of over $200 for the blood and feathers? Did you also know I'm now known throughout my building as that crazy bird lady? <laughs> no more, please, Carol. Now it's all like scribbly. She's no longer writing in cursive. It's all caps. She's uh. screaming. Marvin, let me tell you about calling birds. <laughs> they call to each other morning, noon, and night. 24 hours a day, nonstop. Thanks to you, I'm now on tranquilizers and wearing <laughs> earplugs. Needless to say, I've stopped entertaining. Parties just don't make it a bird sanctuary. <laughs> now, please, bug off with the gifts. <laughs> All right, fifth day. Dear Big Sport, when I got the five golden rings... I figured you were finally coming around to your senses by giving me something I could use. Naturally, I was wrong. Five minutes after putting them on, my fingers turned green. Yes! Marvin, you are the pits. One more gift and I will get tough. Okay, this on the sixth day, December 30th. Uh, Quigley, Farquhar, Gribble, and Stubbs, attorneys at law. <laughs> yes! Mr. Mar Marvin Love. 
Dear Mr. True Love, my client, Miss Carol Yule, has instructed me to hereby order you to cease at once the sending of geese, hens, doves, birds, or gifts of any kind to her. <laughs> Should you fail to comply with this order, we will have no course but to take immediate legal action. <laughs> then the next day, Dear Mr. True Love, I am the downstairs neighbor of Carol Yule, and she's told me to send this bill to you for water damage due to my apartment and possessions following flooding caused by seven swans overflowing upstairs bathtub. $3,500. Please remit at once. Order to remove violations by the New York City Housing Department. <laughs> Two, Miss Carol Yule, you are hereby ordered to take immediate steps to remove the following violations. No dairy farm or establishment providing milk produce produce may be permitted. In a multi-unit dwelling. No zoo or aviary may be permitted in a multi-unit dwelling. <laughs> then she's got a sticker on it that says, Marvin, look what you've done. <laughs> it goes all the way to a summons. This is now the police department on January 2nd. By order of the police commissioner, you are hereby appeared to appear in civil court to answer the following charges. One, operating a cabaret with nine dancers without a license. <laughs> Two... Using a private residence as a wildlife preserve. Failure to comply with this summons will result. And she's written over it. Marvin, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> January 3rd. Dear Mrs. Yule, it's come to our attention that you are in violation of the terms of your lease in our building on 1 Holly Street. In the aforementioned lease, you agreed that you would be the only person living in your apartment and also you would keep no pets. According to complaints by other tenants, you are now sharing your apartment with 10 leaping men, 9 dancing women, and 8 milkmaids with cows. In addition, there are reports of various numbers of swans, geese, and other birds on the premises. We have no choice but to evict you at the end of the month. <laughs> Then this is Stagmire Clinic. This is Harley Stagmire, MD. Dear Mr. True Love, I feel it is my duty as my psychiatrist to warn your actions towards my patient, Ms. Carol Yule, are causing her great mental anguish and bringing on severe trauma. She came to me today in a hysterical condition, screaming uncontrollably about 11 uncontrollably did you hear that <coughs> screaming uncontrollably about 11 pipers piping followed by other complaints i could not make out <laughs> i learned from her that you were responsible for her condition which may require her to be committed to a mental institution for her good i must insist you remain completely out of her life um yeah <sighs> oh and then she wrote a suicide note. There it is. I knew it. No, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, uh, so genius or what? Super genius. Absolutely remember it. Uh, I was a subscriber from about 1978 to 81 or 2. Absolutely. Got yeah. it every week in the mail. And again, it was a weekly or a month or whatever it was. Oh. Uh, I got, I was a subscriber. Yes. It was yes. one of the first things I ever spent my own quote unquote money on. Yeah. And I remember painstakingly reading it to my mother about halfway through. Yeah. Because I used to do, I used to go recite like whole episodes of Sanford and Son to her once I watched it. <laughs> And things of that nature. Sure. Uh, so I remember reading that and thinking, 
<laughs> this is my mom's gotta hear this. <laughs> yes. And going into the kitchen and reading it while she pretended to listen while cooking something or whatever. Right, right. Uh, and then just the absolute insanity of it being a suicide situation oh my God. at the end oh, it's crazy. and me thinking it's so that dark. is divinely hilarious and my mother stopping and turning with her 70s red bandana on her head <laughs> and her mom jeans up to just below her tits and like you know it's She's like, like a oh my gosh my and she turned and just looked at me yes. and and then just looked back and kept cooking. It was not a conversation we were having. No, no, we're not going to talk about no. why you think suicide is funny right now in the like kitchen. Like so many not- conversations we never had. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so this wow, is another... That, you just, I mean, that hit me deep and <laughs> yes. hard, right in my... Oof. Anyway, yes, what's yes. next? So... Let me just go ahead and filter all that out of the way. And what's next? Buckle <laughs> in. Um... Well, another thing I realized is I loved the humor and didn't realize when I was younger that it was, quote, dark. Oh, yes. That's, I didn't that's realize it. it was dark. I was just like, oh, haha, they, they're funny. It's they're so gritty. funny. Yeah. And so I just thought it was funny. And, and like, a lot of people would look at me and go like, you think that's funny? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, he hits him over the head and he puts a... Right. Do, do you know, it's just the spy like, versus yeah. spy stuff where they're yeah. just constantly trying to kill each other every that's the whole point of the, the cartoon every time. Yeah. Uh, I think we've talked about this like interpersonally, but there was this this album from National Lampoon, not to sidetrack us too far. Okay. But it was called the literal title of it was That's Not Funny, That's Sick. Oh. And I'm talking about the original cast, Bill Murray, John Belushi. Like everybody, yeah, like is and they're uh, Harry Shearer, and they're doing these radio skits for an album, and it's completely uncensored. It's crazy. It's like super dated, and like it doesn't age great, right? But it's right. crazy funny. But, but it's that's true. not funny. That's sick. I yeah. was like, oh, I have to know everything. Yeah, I have to know everything. And then I found out Lenny Bruce was a quote unquote sick comic. By reading the encyclopedia or something. And then I had to know everything about yeah. Lenny Bruce. Like the dark side of humor has always been really funny to me. And there's no way around it. That's just what it is. Yeah. When I would read Men Magazine, I'd, I felt, kind of felt like I was getting away with something. Yes. I felt like I was getting away with something. And they were letting me too, mm-hmm. which was like, that felt like a, like, yes, we see you. Yeah. Like it, they just wanted me to shut up and go read a thing. Yeah. But like I felt like being seen at some level. I don't well I don't think anybody I think it's just like you know every generation is like I don't know why my kid likes that but they really like it you know but I don't remember right. anybody else liking it as much as me in my family you See, know. I was I was really into it. We, but okay, I'm just going to show you this other dark thing cuz I thought it was funny. This oh, was Snowman. More dark things, please. The Snowman the alternate version. So this is no caption, just all pictures. Which they're so brilliant at. Brilliant. Just telling a story so many with different no styles. words. Oh my gosh, it's great. So Impossible to talk about it on a podcast almost, but well, brilliant as a concept. Well, we're asking you to use your imagination here. Meet please us in do. the middle. Meet us in the middle. So classic like little boy going up and there's the snowman with a little green hat and a scarf and he's playing with the snowman and he's like come with me and they head out 
And then the snowman's like, one, two, three, four, five, six. We're six panels in. The snowman's like, let's go to this bar. <laughs> and now the snowman and the little boy are in the bar, and they're drinking, they're playing cards. And then all of a sudden the snowman is like throwing money on the table and punching somebody in the face. And then they go to, they leave there, all smiles, snowman, little boy, guy in the corner all beat up. They leave there and they go to a strip club. They have a grand old time together. They smoke cigars. Then they go get like pizza and cookies. And then they go and they hug. And then he goes to bed and he dreams about his good friend, the snowman. <laughs> but they're not like ice skating or sledding. You know what I mean? They're no, like, let's no. fucking party. Yeah. They're partying. They're rocking the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, they're the kid's rocking like, out. What seven? Yeah, the snowman is your bad uncle in that scenario. Yeah, kind of. You know, it's pretty funny. One of the things I loved about Mad Magazine is if you were a little kid reading Mad Magazine, you felt kind of grown up that you already knew that Santa wasn't real. You know, you kind of felt grown up. Oh, for sure. You read Mad Magazine too early, Santa was over for you. Well, plus, sure. plus they made fun of how much of a ruse it was. You know, it's yeah. like, here's all the different ways that parents try to explain to their kids Big fat parent that, they just, yeah, that they just passed six Santas. You know, they passed... <laughs> There's been a Santa in every story, and the kids are like, is that Santa? No, that's Santa's helpers. They dress like him, and they... So there's a lot of Santa's that. super busy making toys right now, so if you want to see Santa, it's, you know, it's one of his delegates. Right. It's a Santa delegate. It's a Santa proxy. <laughs> yeah, it's a Santa proxy. It's a proxy Santa, kid. Just don't even worry about it. Yeah, so uh, there's a section called... When department store Santas go bad, <laughs> right? And it's a whole thing of, you know, wh what's happening. And what's funny is I didn't know people that played Santa when I was a little kid, you know. But since I've been a comedian and a theater person, a community theater person, of course I've known people who've played Santa. Oh, for sure. Several. Some people, like, it's a big part of their money for the year. Absolutely. They can drive Uber the rest of the year. Just <laughs> like, squeak by. Get by, do some uh, commercials yeah, yeah. as Live Santa. Live off the, the interest they made, you know, for doing Santa for six weeks and hauling in 70 grand. Right, right. And so this used to be horrifying. You'd be like, who could be a terrible Santa? It seems like such a terrible thing to be. But now I'm like, oh, I can see how it can happen. It's really boring. There's You realize just how greedy everybody is and materialistic. Just piles of kids and parents insisting that they look cute and like. No matter what kind of tale dude. you want to tell yourself about what an actor you are <laughs> for a living, you're just perpetuating a giant bullshit lie. And maybe it's adorable. Maybe you love it. It's an adorable it. giant bullshit maybe you lie. Love it's it. like I, I'm an but, I'm an absolute atheist, and of all the things that I would choose to believe in, gone to my head, I'd be like Santa Claus. Sure, I would pick Santa first. Sure, just saying. <laughs> Santa. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Buddha, a very close second. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've given it thought. I'm not just being all Santa's like, Give your me dream job. Shit. I'm just like, hey, don't be a dick. Some nice shit will happen to you. Sure. I like that. Okay. Whereas Buddhism feels a little elevated from the work level. Okay. Sure, sure. I'm admitting to a little bit of laziness. 
So my point is, is when I used to see these, it seemed so dark. But now that I know how people become a Santa, (laughs) I'm like, okay, yeah, you're like, God, you know what? I got to have a couple drinks before I get in that suit, man. I got to take a medical before I get in that suit and that chair. And kids start sitting on me. I'm going to have to pee. Like, I want coffee, but then I'll have to pee. And there's a line. You get, like, the Santas that you and I know. As opposed to the one that no. Billy Bob Thornton portrayed in no. the movie. I've known some Santas whose laps I wouldn't sit on. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, we haven't had that discussion yet. I'd rather not sit on. I don't, I don't, know, sit on. I just I don't rather... know anybody who's a Santa that I would be afraid to have my children sit on. Okay, the... well, all right. But I know they exist. Um, I'm just not trying to denigrate the Santas that I know personally. Here's a couple of the Santa, Santas that have gone bad. In John Caldwell's When Department Store Santas Go Bad in the Holiday Edition of Mad Magazine. So once you try your mom, so there's a Santa. He's talking to a kid. He's got on dark glasses. The kid's on his lap. He's like writing in a notebook. <laughs> once you turn your mom on to St. Nick's Miracle Weight Loss Sav, I'm sure she'll want to tell all her friends and neighbors. Let me put you down for eight gross. So he turns the whole gig into a convenient vehicle for a fly-by-night pyramid scam. He's just like... Santa's multi-level marketing is what's going yeah, on there yeah. with the child in his lap. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's America. <clears throat> yeah. He uses innocent kids to pass lewd notes to the hotties in cosmetics. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened. I'm sure that's happened. That's for sure happened. Yeah. Yeah. Runs a thinly disguised broad daylight bookmaking operations. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nikki's been a very good boy this year, and he would like the Panthers plus three at the Meadowlands. <laughs> ah, that is more real oh, than any of real. us can really believe, for I think. For real. Oh, Or maybe sure. all of us believe it, and I'm just like, wow, I, I'm the last one to ever think of it. Like, it's one of those two. It's, like, so obvious. So here's a picture of Santa walking up to, like, a guy dressed up like a reindeer smoking a cigar in an <laughs> alley. And it says, this bad Santa puts a contract out on, on Jolly, more popular rival store Santa. So Santa's handing the reindeer the money and saying, and try to make it look like a chimney accident. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. We all have them. Um, wait, what's this? When department store Santas go bad again, Santa's helpers replaced by Santa's posse, (laughs) and it's just you know, bitches and hoes and thugs surrounding Santa. He's got a glass of champagne. People are sitting on his lap, and they're from the North Posizzle. Yeah, they sure are. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, uses special knee slide maneuver to convince certain moms it might be safer if they sat on his lap instead. <laughs> like your kid's gonna fall off. You gotta hold him here. Um, <coughs> gross. Gross. Oh my Probably god. Probably also accurate. I'm gonna let you look at this one because I remember seeing this one. Read the title. Of this. Uh, the title is If Kids Designed Their Own Christmas Toys. And it is, at first glance, uh, like a send up of how bad children's drawings are. <laughs> right, but and they're then, like, I want a doll that looks like this. So instead of getting them a beautiful doll, they just make a doll. Yeah, exactly that looks exactly like, like the like shitty child's drawing. <laughs> yeah. 
and it's horrifying. It's scary. It's it's creepier than any creepy vintage doll you've ever seen in the window of an Ypsilanti uh, vintage store, of which you cannot swing a cat without hitting one. Sure. Uh, sure. And they all have that creepy doll in there. And this is worse. Uh, (laughs) And then there's, oh, by Finster Wald, age nine, there is a picture of a rocket ship, R-O-K-I-T. Uh-huh, so good. And there's an astronaut <laughs> yeah. in it. Uh, water and Coca-Cola dispenser. Uh-huh. Lunch and candy. <laughs> Little arrow is pointing at all of these things inside the rocket ship. Speaking Excuse of candy. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, rocket ship. Yeah. Fins for steering. Uh-huh. Jets. There's a ladder, two Ds, one I. These are adorable. Telephone to call mommy from the moon. So great. Are you kidding? And mm-hmm. then there is <laughs> an a actual, uh, a, like, uh, an artist representation of the actual toy. Mm-hmm. And on that toy, it says, hooray for USA, and the ass is backwards. Yep. It's fantastic. It's darling. It's there's so much to take in there. Uh, we're doing it again? The, no, but look at what they built. They built the design that the kid drew. And look the at it. The Super Chiff Wagon by Sheldon Schnook, age seven and a half. What, so what did you... Oh, it is pie-shaped? They, they built like... There's little kids drawing oh, of like a wagon. Yes. So they do. And they're doing three D renderings of two D two D drawings. Yeah, yeah, and they just look. I'm insane. finally catching on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the wagon, when turned on the side, looks like a a piece of pie. Yeah, but still got four wheels. Yeah, and then yeah. the uh, the airplane, which has the wings coming out of the top as drawn, <laughs> uh, has the windows on the side. The, basically, the airplane's fuselage. Is turned one half to the right or left. One of the wings is a quarter turn to the right or left, and then the other, the the opposite side wing, is going straight up in the air. This thing's going places. One hundred percent, you're getting there on that trip. Also, does that say Spirit Airlines? It does, doesn't it? It Says Spirit Airlines right there. That makes all the sense in the world. Yes, yes. So, um. They have a holiday. Oh, there's a Spy versus Spy. Oh, my God, there is. Look at Spy versus Spy. All right. Well, Spy versus Spy, for those who don't know, is a very black and white comic about sociopolitical bullshit. If you haven't seen it, it's basically two identical people. They're identical in shape, size, uh, like everything about them is exactly the same, except one is black and one is white. Uh, so there's a very, it's a very, there's no gray area kind of comic. And the two spies are constantly trying to kill each other mm-hmm. in various, like, crazily concocted, like, James Bond villain to the 10th degree level of, I'm going to kill you with trickery and watch it happen. And then they always end up blowing themselves up. And very rarely do they blow up the other guy, but they always come back for more comics because socio-political intrigue don't stop socio-politically intriguing, yo. I almost got that out, too. I almost did. That's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. You try it at home, I dare you. Socio-political 
intrigue, don't stop, socio. Political hard. intrigue and see, it's hard. I'm just saying. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and it's great uh, because it just says it's one side that looks just like the other side trying to get one up on the. Yeah, yeah. They're and, just wearing different outfits. It, and none of it ever. Plain white outfit, plain black outfit. They're both yes. terrible people. Yeah. Yes, terrible people on we both have... sides. So, oh my God. So, conclusion number one is, yes, it holds up, and it's just. Even the parts where I'm like, I don't really get this. Like, for example, there's a lot of, they make fun of the guilt that people feel when they painstakingly send out tons of Christmas cards, thinking that they've got everybody on their list and that they've done their family duty to get out all the Christmas cards to all the people in time, you know. And then the day before Christmas, they get three or four Christmas cards from people that they didn't send one to. Ooh, the guilt. And they feel guilty. The guilt. So they they refer to that a lot. I have to, before we leave Spy versus Spy, as a dad. Yeah. (laughs) And a lover of puns. Sure. I have to point out that Spy versus Spy has always been brought to you by Mad Magazine's Joke and Dagger Department. Which, if you don't get that joke, read more spy novels. I know. It's so good. Like every oh there's so many nuances. I forgot all about the 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 uh um illustrations in the margins that are too tiny for me my old eyes to see anymore. Yeah. Uh the jokes that are written in like the fold of the page where if you don't flatten the magazine all the way out you'll never even see them. Uh, there's so much going on in a mad magazine that you it gave me time as a child who was a bit precocious with nothing but time on his hands to understand the nuances of good comedy writing before I even understood what any of that was. Exactly. Amazing. Exactly. You're like, this is, fu- I understand why this is funny. And it was so many good, different examples. And even if I don't understand why it's funny, it's so funny anyway. Oh, sure, sure. Like, okay, so now I'm looking at the 1998 holiday catalog, okay? <laughs> so there's a picture From Hall Mock. Hall Mock, right? So the, it's it's a catalog, a fake, you know, Mad Magazine catalog insert here for Christmas ornaments. And the first one is Nipple Ring Santa. <laughs> and it's like a winking Santa who's got his cloak open and he's pointing to his own nipple ring. <laughs> and if it were available right now, I would order it on the spot. Then there's one called Grandma's Last Christmas. And it's a little red ball with oh, like no. the Grim Reaper escorting the little lady oh, away. No. Yep. 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 Then uh, here's another one of my favorite ones. It's called uh, Our Last Christmas Together, You Bitch. <laughs> just two rabbits, uh, and one of them serving papers to the other one. <laughs> I love the implication there that that whole relationship was based on nothing but great sex. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Because it's two rabbits. Our last (laughs) Christmas together, bitch. Oh, like, oh, there's one called, is an ornament called Holiday Emergency. It's the ideal ornament for the local ambulance driver or for anyone who has recently suffered a life-threatening emergency. Whimsical tire marks. Oh, my God. It's so dark. But it's bunnies. It's bunnies getting run Whimsical over by things. Whimsical tire marks. Whimsical. Oh, my God. Here's another thing that I would buy if I could 
that's in the catalog is um, a pink sweatshirt with an angel that says, snow is just angel pee that has crystallized. <laughs> yeah. So angels pee white all the time? Mm-hmm. That's right. And then the dogs mess it up to turn it yellow. There's a, there's a book called When Santa Died for Me. <laughs> what? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Not a story of heroics, but many stories of sadness and despair as over 30 manic depressives tell a tale of their worst Christmases ever. <laughs> Sp- sprinkled throughout the book are cocktail recipes, directions for making industrial-sized batches of fudge, and phone numbers of nationwide 12-step programs. Perfect reading for a holiday evening home alone right after your boyfriend dumps you. It's so great. <laughs> Love it. Look at Pimpy the Snowman. Pimpy the Snowman is wearing purple and green, and I would just like to point out that those are my favorite things to wear together. Sure. But Pimpy the Snowman's doing it way better than I ever did. Way better than I ever did. There's like a Santa taking a dump ornament, um, rectal Uh, exam. I hate to admit something to you right now, Shelly. I posed for that picture. Oh my God, that looks so familiar. (laughs) Uh, Oh, it is shockingly close to you and your little red, like, union suit thing. Look at Gritty the Gum Man. Look at Gritty the Gum Man. Gritty the Gum Man. That it's like is, a gross gum snowman. Look, you don't want gritty gum, and you don't want gritty the gum man either as a your your Christmas ornament. Oh my god! Oh my god! What do we got going on there? It's, it's an it's a John Tesh ornament. This it's third in the should never have given a recording contract series. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> now, if you're a human of a certain age, that is a joke. That ought to hit for you. Ooh, I mean, ooh, ooh. I want you to just kind of, okay. We're going fast readings. because I'm excited. But I just want, it's because if you're, if you've ever tried to write comedy and yeah. you know that you're trying to, or you've ever heard a good comedian, you know the ones who can get it to where they're like, joke, 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 like a yes. lot of joke hits. Sure. I feel like Mad Magazine is like hitting you. They're like, boom, boom, boom. You barely get a chance to rest. (laughs) Right, right, right. Or or they give you so much in such a short period and then they hit you with a punch so hard that you're like, what? Oh, yeah, it's great. So So what I'm looking at here, you want me to describe this? Describe it because you're going to, it's so dark and you're going to love it. It's entitled Christmas Greetings, but that's spelled with a D, not a T. G R E E D I N G. Thank you for clarifying. Christmas Greetings. the spelling bee. Yes. So uh, panel number one is Santa making it rain on uh, what looks to be a early adult, late teenage ginger boy who might be (laughs) straight out of one of those Rudolph uh, claymation things. Okay, good to And he's got his sack of toys is just full of cash. He's already spilled a bunch of it on the floor. The next panel is a, a striking... Beautiful cartoon redhead, uh, who is, Santa is adorning with same Santa, not just uh, necklaces of diamonds, but a pile of jewels uh, that uh, my man the Grinch would be like envious of if it were the town's presents he just stole. Mm-hmm. 
The next panel uh, is well, a full width of the page one, and it appears to be Santa with an empty sack, but a, uh, a grandma, grandpa, and grandchild uh, looking at what are uh, uh, a hi-fi, a couple of different hi-fi systems, one vinyl, one reel-to-reel, a convertible from like 58, a helicopter, a yacht, a console television, mm-hmm. a snowmobile, a film projector, also reel-to-reel, looks like about eight millimeter. Mm-hmm. Uh, another vehicle, uh, the family mm-hmm. wagon, presumably like a Cadillac or an Oldsmobile, something like that. They're all like so that. excited. And they're all so excited. And Santa, it's the same Santa. And then there's a, a picture of Santa coming down a chimney uh, into the fire. Uh, or getting back in. Getting back right. in. Uh, but to me, uh, it's like dropping into the fire okay. and then heading out because the next panel is Satan taking off the Santa suit and hanging it up <laughs> yes. on a hat rack slash clothing rack. And, and like smirking at you over his just shoulder. Just over the shoulder, his ass is out. He's looking back at it. Yeah. In the vernacular of the day. And it is ha, just ha. a fantastic it's, little Satan is oh Santa. Oh my the gosh, an, the, what? what? What are those called when you have the Satan? Is it, is it an anagram? Anagram. Yes. Yeah. Where Satan, you can make Santa. different words out of the same word. Let's no. go ahead and, and give a shout out to David Sedaris, who does the greatest um, in Santaland Diaries. Yes. If you've never heard David Sedaris do the story about being a Macy's Christmas elf, please immediately I, go I look up David Sedaris. Get Santaland. that audio book in your ears and hear yeah. him tell it himself. It's it's an amazing story of Christmas. Um. They do not leave anything unturned here. So John Caldwell again, dig him. You're not exactly full of the Christmas spirit if, right? (laughs) So this is the little one panel cartoons that fit the category of, I love that idea too. It's such a fun idea to go, here's the big title and all I have to do is riff off this one big title. Yes, That's a fun thing to do. It feels like an improv game. Okay, you're not exactly full of the true spirit of Christmas if um, you use your Christmas stocking in the commission of a felony. So he's got like his name Dave. It's pulled down over his head. His <laughs> Christmas stocking is sitting on top of his head. And he's saying, you heard me, small bills, and stop calling me Dave. Because he's got like his name written on his sock. Yeah, yeah. The vast majority of your Christmas movie collection are adult features. <laughs> and it's got... Miracle Whip Wrestling on 34th Street. <laughs> it's a Wonderful Wife. Frosty the O-Man. The O-Man. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That's You're well-versed great. in the art of drive-by Santa outing. Like you drive by and you go, Yo, Eddie! Eddie Flimza! You still off the sauce, you crazy hobo? So it's like a dude hanging out the side of his car yelling at the Santa on the side of the street. You crazy hobo. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. I know. It's fab. Oh, and you know what? Some of them are heartfelt. Some of them are heartfelt. Like, there's one where... The kid's like pointing, this is again one with no 
what do you call it? No words. All right. So it's uh, the yes. little boy. Just little. I think this one is kind of sweet, actually. The man's sitting on the couch, and the little boy's going, pointing at the calendar, and he's in the bubble. He's like, you know, Santa, Santa's coming. And the dad's like, no, 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 no. He comes on December 27th. And the kid's like, what, what? So on December 26th, day after Christmas, the dad goes and buys a Christmas tree for a dollar, goes to the store, gets everything 75% off, <laughs> and then comes back and has Christmas Day for his kids on December 27th. This is genius. I know. I know. Oh, here's the one. Here's the one. So two little boys in the bed. One of the little boys hears the crick downstairs. They run downstairs. They come around the corner, and they see Santa. He's at the Christmas tree with a box in his head, in his hands. They're so excited. And he says, shh, and sends them away. And they run back upstairs excited. And then the next panel is the parents and the kids looking under the tree. And everything's gone. It's yeah. stolen. I remember reading that cops. one as a child. Yes. And they got the cops in the house. Yes. And I remember that one. And like... Wait, what? It blew. It like flipped the script so hard on I me. Know. I know. I know. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. So, um, find out. Look in the front and find out when that fold in. If you guys. Oh, the Mad Fold in. So the Mad Fold in is. If you're is not this... familiar with Mad Magazine yes. and you're just Explain somehow listening fold-in. to this podcast, explains still, the fold in. I mean, I admire your spunk <laughs> and your fourth fortuitiveness for like just sticking with us and hanging out no matter sure, what. Sure, sure. the fold in was like, it was at the end. Usually, yeah. Uh, and there was page. a very beautiful piece of artwork mm-hmm. and you could fold it and uh, they would give it would be a little dotted line and you would fold it in these two spots and it would come together to make a completely different piece of artwork. And it would answer a question. Yes. So it would be a riddle or like a question at the top. 1971. See, look at how good it is for 1971, meaning like what's on there, what the presents are. It's still very materialistic, you know? It sure is. And there's so much gun reference, war, cops... Subjugation, it's so all 71, there. So seventy one. Think about America in nineteen seventy one. Vietnam so War. Vietnam War. Richard Nixon, so, second term. Yeah. So here's Watergate Alfred E. Newman about to happen. Alfred E. Newman is standing there in a little Santa outfit, and behind him is Snoopy, a tank, a plane, army guy, a general and a private, <laughs> yeah. uh, a sled, uh, the the two railed. A uh, rosebud kind, a rifle rack full of weapons, uh, what appear to be suction cup arrows and boxes on either side, a Tommy gun, the bow to shoot those arrows, and then all in front of them, there's a purple television, an orange typewriter, a 35 millimeter camera with telephoto lens on a tripod, uh, some other high technology for 1971, including more hi-fi gear and presumably spy equipment. Yeah. Christmas trees on either side of the lower uh, edge. Yes, we've mentioned there's all of that there. Oh, fishing rods instead of rifles on one side. Well, read though. So the way these work is they would ask you a question and then they explain it. Yes. What essential item won't be available again this year? Here we go with another revolting mad fold-in. 
As usual at this time, stores and catalogs are filled with millions of Christmas goodies. But there's one essential item we could all use. And it looks like it won't be available again this year. To find out what this one gift is that we all long for and need desperately, fold in page. Yeah, And do then it. you fold section A to section B, and it is a Native American-inspired eagle with those fishing poles and rifles and bow and, and, and arrows with suction cups, the Christmas trees, and the word perfectly spelled out Peace. between them. Peace. Yeah. That was in 1971, 1971. man. 1971. Right? So does it hold up? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it does. It's accurate to this day. Hell yeah. They've always had their finger on the pulse of what is wrong and also yes, right yes. that we can make fun of at the same time. Yes, yes. With this country. Oh, Mad Magazine, thank you for making me love the holidays whilst hating the holidays. <laughs> I get, I win all over the yard. I get both. Yeah. I'm eating the cake that I'm having <laughs> with Mad Magazine every oh, time. Oh, yes, yes. So um, I hope you guys can find one of these. I think if you Google it, you can find one because you got until February of 2022, which is really only two and a half months away. And for those of you who tuned in 10 years from now, Wow, bummer, man. I hope everything oh, is not sorry. burned to the ground and you're not pulling this off of some sort of weird satellite relay and uh, you've just rediscovered electricity. And if this is the first thing you bounded into your ears, wow, that's actually pretty lucky. So really? if all that went down and, and you're hearing us right now. I wish. I mean, I'm happy to meet you and all that. And I hope you're having some semblance of a good time wherever you are. Um but I wish this was more useful. I wish it was something like how to kill a bear or rewire a car or something like that. Because oh, yeah, yeah. But listen, while you you're starving and figuring out how to transmodulate sure. yourself across the continent in some efficient way, we believe you're going to need you. to laugh. We believe in you, too. And you should laugh. You should. You should remember. So yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no way, probably. Times are dark. You're going to need to figure out how to laugh at dark stuff. So <laughs> That's true. You take That's this mad magazine in. Best of luck to you. That's true. If you can find Bye. a pin. Go. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This is Shelly and Paul. Reads and Weeds. Bye. Good night. <laughs>